Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Merry Christmas, Craig. Merry Christmas, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) What a nice year it is. What a great uneven year for horror movies this month. We've uh, yeah. we've had a couple uh, kind of uh, ones in the beginning, and then or last week, I was pretty happy with it, even though it was one of those is just so dumb it was fun movies. Right. This one I had really high hopes for. We decided to go super modern and choose "It's a Wonderful Knife," which just came out uh, on the streaming services. Did it make it to theaters? Yeah. Uh, it was in theaters for just uh, a few weeks, maybe, and and then it released to Shudder and AMC+. And this has the best title I've maybe ever seen. <laughs> I, I can't believe I can't believe it took somebody this long to come right? up with that. Right? Mm-hmm. I know. That's actually kind of surprising. And just like the classic Frank Capra movie starring Jimmy Stewart, uh, which I've, I admit to have only seen once, I don't have the love affair with it that everybody else does, but I know what it's about, and I, do, I did see it a long, long time ago. It's a Wonderful Life. This kind of cops that. It's uh, basically taking a horror angle on the idea of a person who is uh, just kind of wishes that they were never born. And then suddenly they're magically whisked to an alternate dimension where they were never born and they see how life had played out without them around. Except in this case, it's in the context of a girl who uh, just killed a murderer or a slasher. Yeah, I really, really was really looking forward to this movie. I sat down, I got cozy and Christmassy, and I I saw that it had seemed to have pretty decent reviews. Uh-huh. Man, I really wanted to like this movie a lot better than I did. I was just, I think I just had high expectations for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had really high hopes for it too, and I had read good things about it. The reviews on Shutter are really positive, and it's got four out of five stars on Shutter. And I was really looking forward to it, and I, I was even able to talk Alan into watching it with me. I was like, it's it's a horror comedy. It's got good people in it. It's based on It's a Wonderful Life, which confession I've never seen. really don't have any interest in yeah honestly i think the only reason that movie is as popular as it is if i'm not mistaken i think it slipped into public domain and that became like one of the one of the television networks i mean we're talking back in the 70s 80s or whatever would play it and it kind of became a holiday tradition right and I get that, but I missed out on it, and I don't need to join the bandwagon now. Like, no, I, you don't. I, I know, I know what it was about. I've seen all the iconic clips. You know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, and the running down the street. I've seen all the iconic clips, but it's it's also long, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a bit long. Just, just not into it. Also, it's black and white. You know, You're black and white fucking... doesn't bother me so much. But <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, like. I get it. He was a big star. He kind of gets on my nerves the way he talks. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think you're right. He's either a love it or hate it kind of person. Like, either he gets on your nerves because he's got a one shtick kind of thing. He's got that weird talking voice. (laughs) Not into it. Or you're like me, and I actually really love him and i will watch a movie just because he's in it because i don't know like that doesn't bother me i actually kind of it's kind of comfort food for me to watch a jimmy stewart movie i could see how it could be charming i couldn't i understand it doesn't work for me so i've never seen it but i know the premise and i actually do think that this is a very very clever premise for a horror movie it's it's an excellent setup you know it's the same setup as it's a wonderful life where this person you know feeling gloomy, (laughs) wishes that they had never been born, and then they get their wish, and then they see what life would be like. And I think that there are some clever things going on in the movie, too, that I want to talk about, because I'll probably forget if I don't just say it now. One of the things that I thought was clever was that she also finds out that the fact that she didn't exist wasn't so bad for some people. Yes. <laughs> I and I like thought that, that bit of I thought that was clever. Uh-huh. You know, for some people, maybe it would be better if you didn't exist. <laughs> who, uh, who knows? Right. So I thought that was clever. It, but there, something about it just fell flat. Some of the, the writing, some of the dialogue, I 
literally was like, uh, like, oh my, did you yeah. really just say that? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we just reviewed, uh, I mean, this is, this is directed by Tyler McIntyre, who was a writer of Five Nights at Freddy's. Now writing and directing are two different things. Right. But I almost was like, yeah, that tracks <laughs> when I was watching this. And the writer, Michael Kennedy, he's only written a couple other things. Um, one in 2020 called Freaky. Yeah. Oh, that's good. We should do that sometime. That is great. Okay. That is a is great it? movie. It I looked interesting. I saw I the, it. the trailer. It looked good. Well, it's just like, you know, like as this is a riff on It's a Wonderful Life, Freaky is a riff on Freaky Friday, except a teenage girl switches bodies with a giant serial killer. Oh, that is hilarious. It is that hilarious. Great. And, oh, God, it's Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is the serial killer. And so for 75% of the movie, he's playing a man who is a teenage girl on the inside. So Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl. It's hilarious. <laughs> that would be fun. Hilarious. <laughs> I wish I had seen that. I mean, another high-concept movie, it sounds by the way you describe it, sounds a lot more satisfying than, than this one. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I, I want to say right off the bat, I don't hate this movie. I still think it's clever, and it's got its fun moments, and it's got good people in it. Yeah. But unfortunately, all of those things just don't add up to something that's great. And there are parts about it that I uh, that really bother me, but... We should probably get into it because I yeah, took far too many notes. Oh, my uh, God. Me too. Why do I do this to myself? Uh, okay, so it opens up with Justin Long. Justin Long. We like Justin Long. He's yes. been in lots of horror, well, several so that we've done. He's great. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to see him. He's He looks weird. He's wearing like a flipper, like he's wearing like these weird fake teeth, and he's all spray tanned. And that's because he's a douchebag. And yeah. you find out very early on that he is the villain of the movie. But he's opening like some big center like some big building in his little town of angel falls his name his last name is waters and it's going to be waters cove and and it opens up with a yeah he's the mayor and so then we meet joel McHale's family joel McHale. joel McHale's hilarious like right mm -hmm. like okay great we've got good people in this movie and his name is david he's got these kids winnie and jimmy jimmy is the <laughs> popular quarterback in this small town the second i saw him i said that kid's gay yeah gaydar <laughs> <laughs> <Your> was <laughs> <laughs> not because he was like flamboyant or anything i was like gay that that i turned out like hey that that kid he's gay <laughs> and you find out immediately that he is and everybody's just cool with it because in the world of this movie everybody is gay <laughs> <laughs> I have that so in my true. notes, like in all caps, several times. Everybody's gay. <laughs> Even the people who aren't gay are gay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Right. All right. So, and I guess Joel McHale and Justin Long are business partners. Mm -hmm. They they want to get this big Waters Cove. What is it? Is it going to be like a recreation? Is it housing? Yeah, I think it's just it's a big Trump development. Tower. It's like, yeah, but also like a shopping complex and maybe living space and office space. Kind of one of these big things. Like I got the impression like this giant thing that they build up around like stadiums and things like that. Kind of a shopping mall eating it's office. It's big and flashy and gaudy. We never really even get to spend any time in it. No, see it from afar. I mean, it's not built in this world. He's no, at this point, it's not built, right? Yeah. Right, okay, and so the last guy that's holding out is uh, an old man named Roger Evans, played by the actor who played the smoking man on the X-Files. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you... I didn't even watch the X-Files, and I was like, oh, that's the smoking man from the <laughs> X-Files. And I looked it up, and he was. Uh, and his daughter, his granddaughter, excuse me, is Carrot. Now, his home is like a historical landmark or something, and his family's been there for generations, and he's not le leaving. Here we go, Roger. You got the pen all ready to go. Let me just twist it. Ready to go for you. Mr. Evans, we know you're carrying a lot of debt, and you, you could use the money, so it, I think it's a really great idea to sign. You're a good man, David. But my family's lived here for generations. My granddaughter will own it next. I'm not signing. 
When your dad died a few years ago, Henry, he should have left the business to David. But I'm his son. David was more of a son to him than you ever were. Look, Roger, I know you and your family, you used to be the gold standard around here. Especially Christmas time, you, you donated those trees year after year. But that was in the past, because I'm here now. So I want you to take a look around your town, if you're able to walk outside on your own. And you will see that I'm the person this town needs to move us on into the future. By kicking them from their storefronts and their homes. The people of this town are its future, Henry. They want to live, to work and be happy, and that's it. Your father knew that. Why do you want to take that away from them? And his granddaughter, Kara, and Joel McHale's daughter, Winnie, are best friends. And they're going to a party together. And so Mr. Evans is left at home alone. There's a knock at the door. And he's like, I told you I'm not selling. And he opens the door and he gets his throat cut in a pretty gory fashion by the killer who is completely masked and and shrouded. And it's all white. And I read that this was based on the original concept for Ghostface in Scream. Originally, Ghostface was supposed to be in all white, and they just at the last minute changed it because they thought black would be scarier. And I think they're right. <laughs> I think they are right, but I do like this design. I like the design of the face. Like, he's yeah. wearing a mask that is just all... It's kind of like opalescent. Yeah, it's faceless. Featureless, yeah. Yeah, featureless, but opalescent, like you said. So you're almost wondering if you're seeing something that's a little translucent. And uh, it doesn't look like a mask. You know, it looks kind of like an otherworldly figure. It looks like a it looks like a fencing mask, except. Yeah. And I have to say, like, when I was seeing the posters and I was watching the trailer for this and even maybe the first one or two appearances that this makes, I I really felt like this was maybe perhaps a supernatural entity. But very, very quickly, as you see the way it moves and stuff, you're kind of realize, oh, it's definitely not. This is a person in a suit because, you know, they bump into things or they like, you know, oh, yeah. like kind of dart around a little too much. And yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's just a guy. It, it also looks a lot like a Marvel character. Uh, Moon Knight, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. It looks a lot I like just, him. I just noticed it seemed to be like patterned after referenced by the the tree topper at the very top of that Christmas tree that they have in town and angel falls. It's like an angel, I guess it's supposed to look like an angel. Well, and they call it the angel. Mm-hmm. I don't, that tree topper, I don't think shows up until things go wonky. Oh, no, it's there. I, it's there in the very beginning. Is it? The, in the beginning? Yeah, as the camera swoops oh. down on when the first thing he does is that tree lighting ceremony. It's up there. Okay. Well, interesting. All right. So then all of these teenagers are at a party the brother, Jimmy, sees a hot guy and immediately goes off and starts making out with him. Super hot. <laughs> and the friend, Kara, finds some, like, I don't, she's upset about something. Yeah, I'm know, not sure. Like her grandfather not, like her grandfather not selling the house or something. I'm really not sure. Um, but to ease her worries, she finds some random guy and goes off and starts making out with him. And Winnie is left behind. There's also another friend, Darla, who seems I don't know. She's like the bit, the bitchy one. Mm-hmm. And Winnie has a boyfriend named Robbie who has no personality at all. And like, you <laughs> barely see him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so Winnie goes to make out with some guy and they start making out and she pulls back and she's like, ew, gross. What did you eat? And then blood starts coming out of his mouth because he's been stabbed from behind by a giant candy cane decoration. <laughs> that was by great. the killer. <laughs> it was. See, there were moments of this that were really fun. Like this opening kind of slaughter. I love it was cool it was a little weird that the killer like leaps off of what i guess was a boardwalk or something that was weird yeah and and then goes underneath it and half of this is like cement and half of its planks i guess and suddenly the knife starts stabbing up through the wood like (laughs) i was like i don't think this can happen like and why like he was standing right there he could have just killed her but instead he decided to jump underneath the pier that they're on it was so bizarre yeah i didn't get that at all that's what i was thinking is this supernatural is this guy supernatural and he's i don't know you'd have to be pretty freaking supernatural to stab a uh i don't know it's only like a four inch knife maybe through like two by four pier 
right, right. <laughs> and uh, the killer like was kind of creeping around the gay dudes, but they just got out of there because they thought somebody was watching them. And yeah. then the killer kills Kara or whatever her name is. Car- yeah, Kara. Kara, yeah. Brutally. Right in front of everybody. Yeah, and it's super brutal. Everybody sees and they scream and everybody starts running. Mm-hmm. And first, the killer starts chasing Winnie, but she just kind of outsmarts him. Like, she just, she hides and, and he can't find her. And then he does find her and then Jimmy saves her and then she and Jimmy, they're twins, by the way, not that it really matters, but they are running away together and somehow the killer catches him again and the killer is about to kill Jimmy. Like, he's got him down on the ground and he's, like, trying to stab him in the head and Jimmy's just barely keeping him off of him. They're wrestling that knife between the two of them, basically, yeah. Right. And so then (laughs) Winnie grabs jumper cables from where i I don't know what they're hooked up to either like they're just hooked up to a car battery or something but she puts them on the killer's shoulders and it electrocutes and kills him dead yeah and uh she takes off the mask and it's justin long Mm -hmm. and then we cut to a year later right this is where we get the title card. I was like, what the, is title the title card? Coming? It was like 15 minutes in. Yeah. So it was like, you know, the the, the killer's unmasked. You know, in, in a typical movie, this would be the, when it's finished. I want to know where those jumper cables came from. I'm just so, that bothered me so much. They were like, like by a shed or something. Oh, I don't, man. I don't know. All right. But I, see, now I'm talking about it and I'm like, see, that opening was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But then things get weird because it's like a year later and everybody else is like fine and over it. Happy. Which upsets Winnie. She it's... thinks that they, you know, her best friend died. Lots of people died. But, but, oh gosh. It's a little contrived, isn't it? Like, come on. Like the whole town, now her dad, they've got the Carruthers family realty. It seems like he's taken over the business and everybody loves them. Right. Uh, it, her dad and his, her brother are in business together. And it, it, there's a juxtaposition. In the beginning of the movie, we saw this commercial with douchebag Justin Long. Do you want the best from the best? Look no further than Waters Cove, the future shopping, dining, and entertainment destination for a brand new Angel Falls. My Angel Falls. Hey, you. <laughs> And remember, there's only one name that you can trust. Waters Corp. I'm the best. So f*** the rest. Tell them Henry sent you. And these guys, like, have their own commercial that's like, hey, everything's great, and the, the city's wonderful, and yada, yada, yada. Everything is better because of what Winnie did. But she is just so distraught by the death of her friend that she's mad well, that everybody's <laughs> happy. I have that in my notes. Like, she's gloomy now. Like, <laughs> and, and they tell you that with her clothes and her hair and her makeup. Like, oh, yeah. She looks sick. Like, she's got, like, black bags under her eyes and her hair's greasy and stringy. And, and this is one of the biggest issues that I have with the movie. Her family are dirtbags. Like, and I don't want that. I don't want her family to be dirtbags. Her mom is just like this waspy, everything is like appearances, and she's super, super fake. Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing that bothers me the most, I guess this is Christmas, the parents give her a workout sweatsuit. Oh, God. And force her to model it for them. And while she's upstairs, before they give the gifts... The aunt and the aunt's wife show up. The aunt is played by Catherine Isabel, who I absolutely love, who is getting older and looks fantastic. And part of the reason she looks so good is because she looks like she's aging naturally. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And her wife is played. I don't even have the actress's name in front of me, but she was the lead in a movie called Influencer, which we didn't do on the show, but which I wrote a review for on our Patreon page. Mm. And she's very distinctive gorgeous but she's very distinctive because she has a really unique birthmark uh, on her face and i so wish that they had done more with the ants right i I like them both and they didn't really do much of anything with them well when we jump forward one of them's gone right yes is she there no she's no she's dead she's dead that's right she's one of the we're getting ahead of ourselves sorry sorry (laughs) okay so they they force her to go put on the sweatsuit and when she comes back downstairs everybody else is 
gone except for uh, Aunt Catherine Isabel, whose name is Gail Prescott, which is an homage to Scream, Gail Weathers and Sidney Prescott. But the aunt's like pouring herself a tall glass of whiskey and she's like, what's going on? And the aunt it looks, you know, annoyed. And she's like, they bought your brother a truck. So she goes outside and they've bought the twin brother this $70,000 truck and they bought her a sweatshirt. And she's like, what the fuck? And the mom says, we bought you both something that you needed. <laughs> fuck you. Like, why are they so awful? Like, I know. They're, like, Even her brother who, you know, they play out early on and they're keeping this trying to keep this thread throughout the movie that like he was one of the most important people to her is like oh don't worry i'll, I'll let you drive it <laughs> i then when she storms off angry there's a beat and then dad just turns to him it's like it's uh got a 6.2 liter engine it's pretty amazing and they both geek out over the car like really even your brother is completely insensitive to you like this right your brother whose life you literally saved a year ago. And look, th as I'm watching it, I was like, okay, I'm going to put this in perspective. I think this movie is a Hallmark Christmas movie, but horror. They're keeping it light. They're keeping it basic. Everything's a little simplistic. And maybe there there's humor in that. You know, it's it's maybe like a parody. You know what I mean? Of a Hallmark Christmas movie. So I was still kind of going with it here, even though I thought it was ridiculous. I didn't expect it to be realistic at this point. I thought all these choices were quite bizarre, but I was like, all right, well, maybe this is this is part of the parody aspect of it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really didn't like that choice. But I guess what they're doing is they're setting her. She has to be miserable mm, in yes. order to wish that she was never alive. So she's already, you know, her family are douchebags. So she goes to a party looking for her boyfriend and she runs into that weird girl. Uh -huh. What's that girl's name? Bernie. I, I, I was asking Alan every five minutes, what's her name? <laughs> uh, you got Winnie and Jimmy and Bernie. Yeah. And she's the, everyone calls her weirdo. You don't even hear her name until like half, and, and, halfway and through. And why? Like, why is she weird? Because she like they say that she's weird because she comes to the parties like uh, then I then well, everybody's weird because you're all there. I don't under like yeah, <laughs> it's very unclear. It's really stupid. And they're really mean to her for no reason, including the main character. <laughs> so she sees Bernie at the party and she's like, have you seen my boyfriend? And Bernie's like, he's outside. And some other girl's like, no, he's not. Weird girl's lying to you. And he's in the laundry room. So she goes and looks in the laundry room where her boyfriend is screwing that Darla girl who's also her friend and they're both like oh thank god you finally caught us <laughs> we've been doing this for a year for a year <laughs> oh my god they don't even care her no they don't they're no they're ge they're genuinely relieved like oh thank god <laughs> it was it was getting hard keeping up the ruse <laughs> yeah so she leaves and walks out to a pier by herself and stands under the aurora borealis i don't have any idea where this is supposed to be no school no best friend no boyfriend no one cares it's like i don't exist Off. Never born. And the Aurora Borealis light up really bright and fade away again. <laughs> Let her go totally black. She immediately turns around and those guys, she'd walk by two guys that were just hanging out by the bridge uh, as she got there. And as she turns around, one of those guys who's hanging out stumbles backwards and turns around and he's got a knife in his eye. Yep. She starts to scream and run, and that angel is right there and just... Yeah, he's back. She just runs away from him, and um, she breaks a window of a car, and it's Buck, who we didn't mention earlier, but this is um, Henry Waters' Justin Long's douchey brother. Yeah, I thought he was his son at first, but he's his douchey brother. In the very be in the very first part, in the uh, other dimension, he's like a uh, wannabe Instagram influencer or whatever. <laughs> he has an OnlyFans. It's, oh, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> that the gay brother knows about. That was hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, that actually was pretty funny. And he there there was a really funny line where he was something like something like, "Did you want it? Were you hoping to see my dick for Christmas? Well, lucky you, because it won't fit under the tree." <laughs> <laughs> But he's a total douchebag. But now he's the sheriff. <laughs> and seriously, like God, I, I may have had a drink or two while I was watching this movie, and I, I, I turned to Alan and I was like, "Was he the was he a cop before?" Like I couldn't even <laughs> keep track of anything. But he wasn't. And she's like, "Oh my God, it was the killer," and I know who it is. And he's like, "You do? Who is it?" And she starts to say, but then. Justin Long shows up. But the funny, the funniest thing about this is she goes, he's trying to kill me. He's after me. He was trying to kill me. The angel? What? Yes. Hey, Chuck, I'm going to need some backup. <laughs> some more of that chalk that we outlined the people on. Can we get some more of that caution tape? I feel like, I feel like we need to be a little more cautious I don't think it's going to help catch him, but it just, it, it helps the vibes. You know, this looks pretty good. He's completely, like, in relaxed mode now. And I'm thinking, okay, so now the town is so corrupt that the sheriff just completely turns a blind eye. And it turns out that the angel killer, he says, oh, yeah, the angel strikes every couple of weeks. <laughs> she's like, how many people has he killed? And she's like, he's like, ah, 26, 27. <laughs> Yeah, the last every year. couple of weeks yes and this is clever too because she knows who it is we know who it is surely buck knows that his brother is the killer right the other uh sheriff was killed by the angel killer she says this later like you know you have you kill the sheriff and appoint your brother sheriff and now you can do whatever you want and get away with whatever you want and that's what has happened so she, when, when he shows up, she denies to Justin Long knowing that it's him, but she also kind of taunts him just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like she says something like, well, he is about your height. And anyway, then she runs and she goes home and she walks in and her mom is wasted, mm -hmm. drunk and doesn't know her. Well, this is so bizarre. This whole, she, this is, she, she runs into the aunt who acts kind of weird. Like mm -hmm. maybe she recognizes her. But ultimately not. And she runs up to look for Jimmy, and he's not in his room. And the aunt says, he's dead. He got killed by the angel or whatever. And then she runs into the dad, and uh, he said, she's like, I'm your daughter. And he's like, this is one of the terrible lines. Like, he has to say it. So <laughs> he has to yes. say, no, I had one kid, and now I have none. Like... Okay, we get it. You don't need to literally <laughs> spell it out. So nobody knows who she is. Um, and then she goes walking through towns, and it's like Back to the Future 2 when, you know, Marty had died and uh, Biff was now Donald Trump and yeah. living in Trump Tower, and the whole world was a wasteland. Like, there's homeless people all over the place. Everybody's high. That bit, right. That big center is built and it's gaudy and stupid looking. And, um, when she goes there, all it's like, a, it's, it just seems like a bunch of teenagers hanging out. I didn't well, even really understand. No, that. I think she didn't actually go. She sees the development. She climbs over, but she never makes it to the development. She's back at that house where she had okay. been to that party before her boyfriend's house. Yeah. Because he was like, it's going to be a new New Year's Eve tradition. And so presumably he's having the same party again, except this time right. it's, it's not so lively. It's just depressing. And I guess instead of everybody like smoking joints there on bongs, is that the big difference that's supposed to be so? Or is this I like don't know. It looks like something? a crack den. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just depressing. And Bernie's there still and she's awkward and and happy for a she's friend. still desperate for a friend right yeah. exactly mm -hmm. and she the girl's like i feel like i'm dead or invisible and bernie's like well you're not because <laughs> we can see you and she finds out that robbie and darla are still together and they're like a power couple and they don't know her and she asks them are you in love and they're like yeah we've been in love we've been together for like four years or uh -huh. something like that i love when she goes outside there's just this guy I'm not sure if that was the the boyfriend of her bro of her brother in the previous one or not, but he goes like, "Dude, kick me, kick me in the junk. 
I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> and no she's idea. like, what is going on? And he's like, can't you tell he's beating the shit out of me? But he's like all happy about it. <laughs> I didn't know if he was like t- taking money and letting people beat him up. I had no idea what was going on. I don't know. But the killer shows up at the party again and kills the weird stoner neighbor who we've seen before and the blood dip- split like from we're seeing this from inside the party through a window and like the party goers are oblivious and blood is splattering everywhere and on the window. So it's a strong contrast. I mean, it's sort of like the same thing happening again, but in this case, nobody gives a shit or nobody even notices, right? Because it's just so commonplace. It's funny because... Justin Long earlier, when he first meets up with uh, Winnie, he says, oh, we have a witness? We've never had a witness before. I'm thinking, really? Because this guy killed, killed us, what, killed 27 people? We're about to see him kill, like, five more people in a very crowded areas? What? No witnesses? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, the mayor announces on TV, I guess, th- th- another murder. Mm-hmm. And then Winnie, like adopts Bernie like you're gonna be my friend now and and they decide together that they've got to stop the killer yeah she has to convince her because Bernie works at a movie theater and so uh, Bernie's like well you know let me take you to my safe place and you know, this is the, the only place in town that isn't owned by uh, you know Henry Waters and so and I have yeah. the key which that's convenient okay yeah <laughs> and was it there that we see that she has like she happens to have well uh, you know the uh investigation board up and the threads connecting you know the typical it seems like bernie's been very interested in trying to figure out who the killer is am i right is that what i'm what i, I saw think so one? i don't remember what i remember is that there's like a bunch of like fashion designs around um she's a designer and she wants to go to nyu as did winnie but we saw that winnie already got her rejection letter it doesn't really matter whatever um but winnie tells her the truth about her wish and bernie basically says based on everything that's happened i want to believe you she's like but how do i know if i can believe you maybe you're just a crazy person maybe you're the killer Uh but then (laughs) she finds out she's not because the killer shows up oh that was before they got to the theater now that i look at my notes this was this all happened at the party yep Okay. Well, I don't. I feel like they went somewhere. Maybe they went. They to went to the theater. Winnie's, yeah. Maybe mm. they went to somebody's house. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. They went to somebody's. Maybe her house. Am I jumping ahead? No, I'm not. I don't no. Think. Now we're anyway. all caught up. Now we're now they're at the theater. They have their moment. And they fight off the guy, and that makes Bernie believe Winnie. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. When they acknowledge that they are aware of It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. I don't remember what the characters' names are, but one of them's like, you're so-and-so and and I'm your so-and-so. Yeah, I'm your Clarence. And And I literally was like, what? (laughs) This is a world in which It's a Wonderful Life exists and they're aware of it and they're like living it now and they're aware of that. I that was I don't know why that blew my mind, but it did. <laughs> it didn't seem very sophisticated, you know. I don't know. Uh, it's oh god again. It's like <laughs> this Hallmark movie where everything's got to be very spelled out and laid bare to you. I don't know why. Maybe because those movies always are shooting for a wide audience, and you know, grandma in the corner who may not who may need to have the movie explained to her. You know, every now and then. They kind of like reinforce these things every now and then. I felt it kind of insulting, to be honest with you. The, uh, I don't know. I think they were trying to be clever. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Whatever. I guess. So, I, I know. I, I don't really. So, so they go and look at the Northern Lights again. And Bernie's like, it doesn't make any sense. We shouldn't be able to see them at all, really. Um, and if we could see them at all, they shouldn't be this bright. But somehow she knows. She deduces this. She knows that <laughs> she must read it in a book or something. I'm foggy. Oh. I don't know. But she's like, the Northern Lights are the spirit of somebody who died violently. And they're angry or something. And so they deduce that the Northern Lights are the spirit of the murderer that she killed at the beginning. Oh. And... <laughs> I wow. don't remember. Do you well, remember? It's just like, you know, she she the, they're starting to fade. They're not usually this bright and you've basically got to kill him again before it disappears. 
that's right where right, we get. Right, it's right. so convoluted and bizarre. I don't really understand where she gets all this. But I'm like, okay, fine. So somebody, <laughs> okay, now whatever. we got the right. time clock. <laughs> so, the, so then they go back to uh, the. They go to the theater now, and they did you notice? Did you see on the marquee what was playing? I know what you did last Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Alan noticed it, and I had to rewind to look at it. It's that and a Christmas Carol. So they're watching a private screaming screening mm-hmm. um, a Christmas Carol, and Bernie is asking her weird questions, like not weird as in like creepy, just like. Um, get to know you questions yeah. yeah did it hurt when you i don't know whatever you did <laughs> <laughs> why are you here and winnie has her feet like up on the seats and she like clicks her heels and wishes to turn things back and nothing happens and then bernie says to her i know we just met but i know this town was better with you in it and then do they kiss? They their hands intertwine. Oh, they hold yeah. hands. I just have in all caps. Everybody's gay, <laughs> <laughs> or at least bi. We don't know for hey, sure. Right, and I was talking about <laughs> like I I said it out loud. Like everybody's gay. And, I was like, not just in this movie, in the world, everybody's gay. <laughs> I went to a mall. Like I went Christmas shopping this week with my mom we were in the mall and i was gay 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 (laughs) everybody's gay (laughs) oh it's such a different world than when we were kids i mean i I, i'm I'm all for it (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad i I mean i'm sure we were always here i'm just glad everybody's out there living their lives. They're more, they're more obvious about it now. You know, they don't feel like they have to hide it. Yeah, good for good for you. And it's great. Yeah, it's really everybody's great. gay. Okay, so then I guess oh, this was funny to me too. It's such a contrivance. Winnie wakes up in the theater, and Bernie like realizes she woke up and says something like, Hey, I'm up here. I couldn't sleep at all. Cause you snore so loud. Alan had been saying throughout the whole movie, this girl is driving me crazy. I hate the way she breathes. I hadn't noticed it, but apparently this girl's like a mouth breather okay. and they make a joke. Winnie Carruthers, the Winnie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't, I didn't notice it either, but it had been driving him nuts and they make a joke <laughs> about her snoring here. That's funny. And this is when, okay, oh, okay. So Bernie had researched overnight and that's when she found out that the lights are the spirit of someone who died, oh, the killer. And okay. So she had been doing, apparently she has a library of occult stuff up there in the <laughs> projection booth. <laughs> well, or at least the internet. <laughs> so Bernie says they have to kill him again. So there's this like naughty or nice event. I didn't know what was happening here. They go back to Joel McHale and the aunt her house. Oh <laughs> my aunt, god, what is the deal with her? I don't know. Oh. Like I I love Catherine Isabel so much, but I don't know what's going on here because Winnie basically tells her the truth and she's like, I know, I know who you are because you're my aunt. You're so and so and you do this and blah, blah, blah. And the aunt's like, well, tell me something that you couldn't find on Google. And she tells her this dumb story about like a sweaty thong or something. <laughs> and the aunt's like, oh yeah, there's no way you could have known that. So I believe you. <laughs> Come on in. And she's very nonplussed. I, I guess. The whole idea is this whole family just supposed to be eh, whatever about everything, maybe by now. So. Well, her parents are a mess. Oh. Like the mom is like making out with a drug dealer yes. on the couch <laughs> in front of everybody and doesn't even care. She goes back up to the dad and she talks to the dad about Jimmy and football. And the dad cries and says something so stupid. Stupid and contrived, like it just goes to show how one person, one life can change everything. This dad, the death of his son, like he could give a shit about the daughter. Now, of course, in this movie, or in, in, at this point in this movie, he doesn't know that she ever existed. But like, yeah, the sense that I get is he doesn't give a shit about her, but losing the son broke him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he is a broken. <laughs> Man, we need to stop him. Damn it! Why did you come here again, huh? Why are you so intent on hurting my family? Dad, he killed Jimmy. Dad. What? You called me dad. No, I I just. I'm not your dad. No. I have no children. 
You need to get out of the house. Go. He killed Jimmy. God damn it. The guy that you are accusing of murder right now, he got me this house. He feeds this family. He paid for the burial of my son. So get the fuck out of here. Go. <laughs> Mom's making out with some loser in the kitchen. And then the killer shows up and kills the mom and her boy toy and chases the girls and Aunt Gail to the stairwell and then and then somehow like they they trip him and he falls down and he's like knocked out and they do this whole stupid scream to thing like we've gotta like step over him and they make a big deal out of it and they take forever doing it and i am yelling at this tv screen jump on his head yeah like, oh my like, god what are you doing take him out why are you not taking him out he just killed two people in front of you oh. i know i'm god. like jump on his head grab the knife or something and and, and this scene somebody, irritated me irritated i know it me is so really irritating they because it would have been so he's just laying at the foot of the stairs and uh. they're acting like it's a cavern that they have to get over. No, just t- step over him. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. The knife isn't even in his hand at that point. No, and be- they take forever. And so by the time the last one is over him, and I think when he goes for the knife, he wakes up. No, she crouches over him. She uh, oh, right. takes off takes his the mask, mask off. and it's her dad. It's I, her dad. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting it either, but God. it didn't surprise me. No. And she's like, Dad? And he wakes up and goes, I told you I'm not your dad. Again, I think a lot of this is supposed to be tongue in cheek. As stupid as it, it as it gets, I'm thinking, yeah, but maybe it's intentionally stupid. You know what I mean? Honestly, though, I feel like with us talking about it, it doesn't sound as stupid as it felt. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that in a good way. Like, right. folks, like if you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, that sounds kind of clever. It just falls kind of flat, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe my expectations were too high, Could be the too. tone. But also, this doesn't make sense, and it's going to make even less sense by the end of the movie. Well, and also, like, I feel like somehow the stakes are lower, because I don't... I, I think I would have felt differently about it if the family had been awesome to begin with, and then we see them in this terrible, horrible state. Oh, right, right. But they were already shitty anyway. And so yeah. I don't care. And for whatever reason, oh, God, it's so stupid. Like the girls, the weird girl, Bernie, Winnie, and the aunt are like a posse now. And the da- the Winnie says something stupid like, it's like he's not even my dad. His, his eyes look different. And the aunt says, his eyes have looked like that for a year. Oh, my God. Come so the- on. Waters is controlling her dad. Is that it? The is, message, is it like? Well, they literally say this. She posits, okay, you know what? Waters is now controlling my dad. I really need to kill him. I'm like, Mike, what? So what happened, you think, and what the movie, I think, expects us to believe, because I saw nothing else happen or anybody say anything to the contrary by the end of it, is that Justin Long's character, Henry Waters, killed david's son which broke david and that allowed waters to control him i don't understand this because it doesn't happen immediately now it's later and so maybe we should wait until we get to it but it seems like at some point waters has the whole town like under a spell yeah i guess so i that is what it seems like but so but but how? Why? Like, her not existing made him magic? I don't understand. Yeah, I, right? I don't get it. He goes on a killing spree and suddenly everybody turns into zombies, you know? Yeah, I don't get it. When, when I don't unopposed. Know. But Ugh. for whatever reason, they decide that because, like, for her to get back, she has to kill her own dad? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure I follow that logic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But... They go back to the theater and they put on the marquee, which I thought was hilarious. Merry Christmas, David. We're inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they try to ambush the person that comes in, but it's just Robbie and Darla. Why? Why are they there? Oh, they say like... It's their tradition. It's their tradition. Okay. Their first date was there. Oh, my God. Right. Okay. So it's just them. And then 
the aunt goes out into the lobby for a second, and when she comes back in, she's all stabbed and bloody and dies. And then all the lights go out, and we see everything in just camera flash. Yeah, it's like strobe what is, flashes. I think was what, that? did something go on with the electricity or something? I'm not sure. Well, the, like the the were those like the emergency lights? I don't know. It just looks like so we're only cool. seeing we're only seeing the action in brief images when this like strobe light comes on mm-hmm. but i think i saw darla get killed and, and I robbie think i think i saw robbie get killed too mm-hmm. and then the lights come on and then winnie stabs the killer with a broom handle yeah and and it's her dad and he's dead so she goes back to the pier and the she makes the wish and it doesn't work Mm-hmm. And the Aurora Borealis kind of start freaking out. It starts getting angry. <laughs> and yeah, Bernie's like, uh-oh, it's angry. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So then then there's what? – okay, here, here's what I have in my notes, and you may have to explain it to me. Dumb, sad, weirdo, suicide, you matter scene. <laughs> <laughs> Because doesn't Bernie tell her randomly in this moment, like, this was going to be my last Christmas? Like, That's she was going to kill herself? That's it. And so now, like, Winnie says, I wasn't Clarence, you were. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this? I don't know if this was supposed to be some kind of reversal twist, but it wasn't. Because nothing has changed. The, she, no. She still has is in the same situation. She's still got to do what she's supposed to do in the first place, which was get Henry Waters, who she knows is the killer, who why didn't she just, in the very beginning, like, sneak up behind him and stab him? <laughs> yeah. You know? And like... then, th- so they go into town and stumble upon this weird scene where everybody is just standing around a stage, like the tree lighting stage, and Waters is up there with his brother and, like, doing this whole naughty nice thing, and he's like, you were naughty, and then he kills his brother? Yeah. I don't I In don't front remember. of everyone. But why? Why does he kill him? You were naughty. I can't remember. He gives some... I don't know. There's no clear reason. I mean, I thought to this point his brother had been defending him. I figured his brother knew. He was in on it. Yeah. I assume so, too. And this is the weird part where all of this happens in front of a large crowd of people who are entirely unresponsive. Like you said, it's just like they're zombies. They're just standing there staring. Don't they even have, like, contact lenses in? Like, don't they all have these kind of, something with their eyes. Weird eye thing going on? So they're all standing dead-eyed. I don't know. And then there's a dumb showdown. Winnie comes running up and jumps up on stage and has, like, an argument with him. (laughs) In front of everybody. In which it's revealed that he is Bernie's dad? What? Oh, I didn't get that. He is? Uh, I think so. Oh, my goodness. I have it in my notes. I don't know. Maybe I I don't know. Well, this guy who had a knife in his hand a minute ago, they should be afraid of him. He's a killer. He just stabbed his brother on stage moments ago. And now, why are they fighting with words? Why isn't this guy just like, I've had enough of you? And stab her too. I don't know, and it's a weird argument. Like, it's another one for the naughty list, dear. <laughs> so David was just like the rest of these people. More of your drones. Drones? That's an ugly thing to say in front of all these fine people. David needs me, like they do. The night I broke him, when I took his only son, he saw my true power, and he came to his senses, and so will you. Very soon. Well, I guess there's something you should know. What's that? We fing killed him. Did you really? That's a shame. You don't know Angel Falls. What do you think? You think you're gonna come up here and liberate these people? They desire to be ruled. They need me. The people in this town care about each other. Oh, and they know they don't need you. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? The people in this town are dead-eyed. <laughs> and then Bernie hits him, and then they both hit him, and they're, like, beating him. And... His lackeys don't do anything to come in and help? Yeah. I think he says, you just made my naughty list. <laughs> and then Bernie stabs him, and he's dead. And the the trance in the people is broken, and, like, their eyes clear. Like, seriously, there's just this 
one little bit... Well, I was going to say this one bit of magical realism. There's also the magical realism of her, you know, disappearing from existence. But right. other than that, there haven't been magical elements going on. So I don't understand how he literally has, like, enchantment powers over everybody. Yeah. But apparently he did. But, there, but now the trance is broken, and the Aurora Borealis get really bright, and when he says to Bernie, turns out I was here to help you. I knew that I, last, <laughs> when we were in, like, the last 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't. But um, she says, I was here to help you. And then they kiss because everybody's gay. She then wakes up in her house in her tracksuit. And it's the same thing from it when it's it's a wonderful life, when he comes back to his real life and he's so excited and happy and he's so happy to see everybody. And that's what she's doing. And she runs downstairs and she loves her shitty family so much. <laughs> She forgives him. Uh huh. She runs outside, runs down the street, and actually happens to bump into Darla and uh, Robbie or whatever you the boyfriend girlfriend. And they're in love, and she gives them her blessing. She's like, "It's it's totally fine. You guys should be together. It's wonderful." At some point before that, we get confirmation that her family is still shitty because she tells them that she didn't get into NYU, and her dad's like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't want to pay for it anyway." Yeah. <laughs> They're still <laughs> shitty, but she's grateful for them now. Oh, and she runs down the street, you know, and she doesn't do the Merry Christmas movie house or anything like that. But it's it's the same scene, basically. Mm -hmm. And she gets to Bernie's house and she knocks on the door and basically tells her, like, don't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but she remembers her. No, she's like, yes. you remember, don't you? And she says, I do. She does. She remembers and... everything and they kiss. And they're going to go and off. And Bernie tells, she's like, come on, weirdo. And Bernie's like, don't ever call me weirdo again. And then there are Christmas disco lights and the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, uh, I, I really wanted to like it more than I did, but I still didn't hate it. I think maybe my expectations were too high. So if you go in with lower expectations, maybe you won't be as disappointed. Yeah, but what a waste. Like I know. This could have been unfortunate. Even just like why is there so much weirdness, right? Just the concept enough can carry this movie if you just play it through straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it just, they had to, like, all this bizarre stuff with her dad. Why? Why did they write her dad and is this weird thing? Like, it wasn't twisty and, oh my God, it wasn't like, you know, when we suddenly found out it was this revelation that it was just like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. Also, I don't know. I, were, did you ever, like, feel suspense when the killer showed up or the killer was chasing people around? I, I wasn't. I guess there weren't a lot of stalking scenes, right? There was just a right. lot of killer shows up, stab somebody, killer shows up, stab somebody. Like, before anybody can do anything, they're dead. Well, and those action pieces were fun. Like, the eh. the, the kills, I thought. and they, they were Some of them were. They were bloody. In the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and, and I also mostly like, in the beginning. I like the bit in the um the theater. I like the, the strobe flashing. Even though I don't understand why it was strobing, that was cool. Yeah. But they were two characters to like didn't give a crap about anyway, so Yeah. Honestly nobody. I'm not sure I really cared that anybody died. No, not the people who did. Just kind of rooting for Winnie and Bernie, I guess. Bernie, yeah, right. Oh, I'm so frustrated they didn't do more with the ants. Right. I like both of those actresses. And God, you get Catherine Isabel in your movie, use her. She's horror royalty. Yeah, use right. Her. Oh my god. Justin Long was Kind of fun douchebag, dude. But he was chewing up the scenery. But I think that he he was right to do so. Yeah, over the top kind of. He was real. Yeah, he was really hamming it up. But I think that that was smart. And maybe the movie would have been better if more people had hammed it up. Come up, yeah, come up to that level. You know, you're right. If it had been more straight parody, it probably would have flown better. Yeah, go. Yeah, go sillier. I think. Um, in this case, I don't know. You know, it feels like a early 2000s slasher, just not a great one. Yeah. 
but it's not bad either as far as slashers are concerned and it's very very Christmassy yes. <laughs> that's it it definitely very has for it. Christmassy so like put it on while you're decorating the tree yeah <laughs> it's Look, not that's your cop out excuse I, I know, for every but I know, lousy movie but I don't want to turn people off of it I think give it a shot oh, I, I think no. the fact that you the fact that you and I both we're disappointed. I don't think Says bodes something. well for, yeah. Yeah, for the quality <laughs> of the film, but I really hate to turn people off of it because I love Christmas and I love horror movies and I love Christmas horror movies, and this is a, just about as Christmassy as they get. Well, even if this movie had not had a Christmas theme and had not been this high concept, first of all, l- eliminate the disappointment of this great idea that I feel was just sort of squandered. It, it's really not notable otherwise like it's not notable as a slasher movie there's nothing particularly clever or smart or unique or twisty about it even if it were just a straight slasher so i feel i mean i just i can't recommend it i mean i think christmas or not (laughs) disappointment in the high concept falling flat or not it's just weird in bizarre distracting ways that ultimately left me unsatisfied so I can't really argue with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want, I want to defend it. I want to say good things about it. Unfortunately, it's just, I, 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 if I'm being entirely honest, I, I don't know. I didn't really care for it. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that because, God, now we've gone a whole month of Christmas movies, and we were ultimately pretty disappointed with all of them. Yeah, the last one at least was the one before this was at least so weird that like you kind of have to see it because it's just so weird Uh. if you want to see this movie i wouldn't say oh no don't watch it it's that bad there there are some funny parts sometimes the writing is so bad that you want to roll your eyes but sometimes that can be amusing too no i wouldn't steer you away from it but i also wouldn't strongly recommend it either all right unfortunately should we go out on a positive note? yes we shall should we hear from shannon hi todd and craig This is Shannon from Rhode Island, and I've been listening to your podcast for a few years now. And I think at this point, I've listened to every episode, some of them maybe even twice. I just wanted to thank you, and I'm glad that we're able to do this on Patreon. And thanks again, and happy Halloween. Thank you so much, Shannon. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. That was really nice. Uh, And gosh, you have to have been around for a while to have listened to all the episodes and some of them twice. I, I never forget. But it always just kind of blows my mind that some of these, some of you all um, have been listening to us and, and been with us and supporting us for years. Yeah. And that makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> Boy, I'd love to take a poll, you know, because there were some people who uh, were really strong listeners for the first few years because we would hear from them a lot. Uh-huh. And then, like, uh, they've fallen silent. You know, for for then another couple years, and then suddenly they'll they'll show up again. You know, and it seems right. it turns out they were listening all along. They just you know didn't have a lot to say. Yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah, it would be so interesting yeah. to to know who those people are and 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 what they're doing now. And it's also you know it's also funny. I um I randomly just find out that people that I know listen to the podcast, and I didn't know that. Like oh. my uh, cousin, who is uh, the head director at. Uh, Brooklyn Public Library. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. He's the guy. He's he's kind of famous. I'm really proud of him. He's the guy that started that program um, that's making challenged and banned books uh, available to all public school students all over America. They oh. can check them out from, from their library. I think digital versions of them or whatever. Very cool. Yeah, he's gotten a lot of coverage. He I found out that he listens to it. And like, oh, wow. I think he's a really cool guy, and I didn't know that. And then somebody at Alan's work listens to my to my podcast, and <laughs> it's it's wild. We're still but, eight years later, awestruck at this whole thing. <laughs> I know. Hard. I I really I really am, and and to hear from people like Shannon, that's uh, it, it's really nice. It really is. Thank you, Shannon. Keeps thank us you going. for your listenership, and thank you for your patronage as well. If you would like to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast. Just five bucks a month will get you access to some goodies, mini sods that we do, write-ups that we do, lots of chatter behind the scenes. We take polls as to what movies and what theme months we should do next. All kinds of stuff. Just uh, check it out there. We also give you access to the entire unedited phone call 
with all the things that we uh, and tangents and personal stuff and whatnot that we cut out from the uh, show that goes out to the public. If you're interested in that, you can go to it on that place or you can go to our website, chainsawpodcast.com. There's a link there. If you want to leave us a message like Shannon did, a voice message, you don't have to be a patron. Just go to our website, chainsawpodcast.com and click on the talk to us button and it will pop up right in your browser. All you have to do with your phone or your laptop, whatever you're on, is record a quick 90-second message, and when you're done, it gets sent straight to us. And uh, we might play it in an upcoming episode, but we definitely listen to all of them and respond. Thank you so much, listeners, and Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you're celebrating this season, uh, we hope that it's a good one and that you stay safe and happy. Yes. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Ah.